The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode of the Solid 7 Podcast is brought to you by Hidden Skins. Hidden Skins is Central Florida's premier custom branding company, offering high-quality custom apparel, design, signage, vehicle wraps, and much more. With over 15 years of experience, they have the expertise to take your project from concept to finished product. And their exceptional service and attention to detail mean your project will turn out just like you imagined or better. Visit HiddenSkins.com today. That's H-I-T-T-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. And let them get to work on the branding you deserve. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events and a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Well, hello, and welcome back to Solid 7 Podcast. We are... A better than better average than podcast. It's true. And uh, each week we like to get together, talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us. Now, when I say us, it's not just me. It's not just your host, Kale, here. But each week we like to invite a guest to uh, tag along with us. And this week it is the one and only, you know her, you love her, Professor Rebecca Strangarity. Hey. What's up, Becca? Hi, friends. I've been toying with the idea, right? This is the This is the first week... You know, solo, right? This is the first week without our buddy Josh. And so I'm like, you, you regulars, you, you gang of, you fellowship of, I don't know, whatever, whatever the podcast regulars are. Like, are you guys really, right. really guess? I'm like, is Becca, is Becca co-hosting this week? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll figure it out. I'm, I'm not co-hosting. Can't yeah. fill those shoes. Let me just be a guest. Too much pressure. Fair enough. <laughs> and also, I, then I don't feel bad about giving you a cut of, of anything. So. I like, I like right. where your head's That's at. Right. But one thing we do know, I don't know what to call you, but one thing we do know is that the Solid 7 podcast is, as always, fueled by Jocko Go. So. That's right. That's right. Cheers. Becca, what you drinking today? Mango. Nice. So I, I switch it up, but I got mango again. What do you have? Well done. Uh, I'm going with a little, uh, you know, sour apple sniper today, courtesy of our, our good friend. Nice. Uh, JP Donnell. So I love it. Nice, nice. Cheers. Excellent. Cheers. Listeners, Cheers. you too, of course, can be fueled by Jocko Go, just like us. And you can do it at a discount, courtesy of our promo code. So uh, either hit up our website or just uh, visit uh, JockoFuel.com and uh, use the promo code SOLID7 and you'll get 10% off, not only of Jocko Go, but of all of their many, many mm-hmm. fine products. So it's really nice. It. It's a nice little gift. 10% off for what you want. 
Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, Becca, um, it's bittersweet today because, like, I'm, of course, super excited to have you on the podcast. Hopefully you, your you, fans will you. turn out this time. Um, but because uh, it was, a, it was a big, they did not show up last time. Uh, yeah, it was a bust. I, I'm sorry. But, I don't know what happened. <laughs> but I don't see... It's a fluke. Like, I, I still don't understand why it's just not required listening for your students. Like, it should be graded participation. There should be... Ooh. There should be, like, worksheets or classroom discussions. But I, but I digress. You should have... Yeah, yeah. You should have told me this before. Because now that you say that, I could have built it into the syllabus. This is what I'm Which would have been amazing. Yeah. Because the amazing and terrifying thing about being a professor is I have a lot of freedom to do kind of whatever I want. And there was two assignments this year that I put in, one to uh, each course, and I wanted the students to talk about it because I wanted to have someone to discuss it with. And that's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty cool. So I should have made it mandatory listening. And if I didn't finish school yesterday, I would even add it as a final. Now I'll leave it up Big to mistake. you. I'll leave it up to you um, when you implement this next year. But I, I would strongly encourage you to require Patreon support of them because really that's the only way they get the full scope. It's the only way they can truly participate and contribute in the discussion is to also have that. And I should require them to pay for my Patreon support as well. I mean, that would be really fair. I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, I just feel I should make a disclaimer. This is a joke to any of my supervisors listening. <laughs> I don't want to get flagged by the ethical committee. So please, I got, I'm, I'm going to try and keep track of the thought that I didn't finish. But I have to say that I, I did uh, once upon a time. I interned on the morning show of a large, okay. um, uh, pretty popular radio station here in central Florida. Right, right. Um, and definitely got in trouble with the station manager one time. Because we had just finished, like we were kind of, the like the station wasn't putting it on, but we were basically kind of hosting or emceeing like a, a big music festival. So we were on stage introducing the acts and, you know, walking around. And I, I think we yeah. probably did some live broadcasting from there, whatever. So it was a good time. And there was a vendor at this festival that was making mm-hmm. jewelry and stuff out of like guitar strings and bass guitar strings and stuff like that. Um, So like it kind of clicked for them who I I was, uh, right? Like they were fans of the station and of the show. And they're like, oh, you know, we'd love to to hook you up with something. So they gave me this uh, like bracelet made out of like a a bass guitar string, right? It was cool looking, you know, whatever. So as one does, like we're back in the studio the following Monday and we're joking about it on the, on air. And so one of the the hosts, the actual professionals, you know, is joking like, oh, how often do we have to, like they were selling this jewelry, but I also think they were musicians or something. So it was like, oh, how, you know, how often do we have to play their music now? It was just shtick, right? Like we were just, you know, Mm -hmm. there was no quid pro quo or anything. It was just, hey, you know, we want to, we want to bless you. We want to hook you up. But so we were just riffing on that, like, oh, we, you know, just once an hour or four times an hour or whatever. So right. end of the show, the station manager comes in with a very stern look on his face and a copy of, like, FCC, like, rules and regulations rules. and starts to read to us the definition of, as, I mean, it stuck with me. He was pretty heated. Uh, payola, where it's like you can't, like, yeah. if they had actually been, like, bribing us with things for airtime, I don't know. I guess it was a problem. Right. So uh, my bracelet, my bracelet got taken away. I mean, I was a, I was young, but I was, a, I mean, I was a grown man. This dude comes in, he's yeah. like, "So this is, this is mine now." And uh, yes, there. So yes, 
Becca's yeah, superiors. To- All a joke. It is a joke. I, and I love to joke about it. And I think my direct supervisor and even the person above, if they even listen, would know that this is a joke. But I also felt the need to put the disclaimer out there. Uh, yes, it will not be requiring but my students to listen. if you are listening, Becca Superiors, I would also encourage you to become Patreon supporters. Support what yeah, we're doing here. you should. Everyone should be a Patreon supporter. Yeah. But anyways, this, we digress from you saying it's bittersweet. It's very nice to have you back on the podcast, as as always. Thank you. Uh, but it's just disappointing that you're coming at such a, a boring time in history. There's just nothing going on exciting or heated or, or, or worth talking about. Just I know. Just, it's been a blah week. Just, Let's be honest. Just bland times in the world. <laughs> I know. Bland times. Nothing oh, going gosh. on. Literally, you yeah. don't know what you don't know what you're gonna wake up to anymore. You do, I could you don't know what you're gonna wake up to. If if we woke up tomorrow and they were like, you know that like really hokey Netflix movie or whatever where the moon was gonna crash into the earth. Well, turns out, funny story. Turns out it's it's gonna. I'd be like, yeah, no, that yeah. that makes sense. Makes sense. It was on my bingo card for 2022. I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, what a week. I mean, I don't even know where to start, Kale. There yeah. Uh what what's your take? Tell me, as a man with this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, what what's your take on this? <laughs> I love that you went right just right to the biggest story of the week. Um That's the biggest? No, I didn't go to the biggest. I, I saved no, the biggest. Yeah, that was that was sarcasm. It's I, I don't know what's the distraction anymore. I don't know what is the tail trying to wag the dog. Which what which thing is real now? I don't know. Um, well, as you know, I I stay close. I, I keep up with celebrity news. It is near and dear to my heart. I know you do. I'm very involved, yeah, just and I like think mine. I think everyone else should be as well. So knowing you know Johnny and Amber as I call them as well as I do. Gosh, I don't, I don't know. You, it's like you got two professional actors sitting on the stand. Somebody's lying. Yeah. Or maybe nobody's lying. Yeah. It, there is a distinct possibility here. Like a lot of the back and forth seems to be like mm-hmm. who's telling the truth, right? Who's right. lying? I, I don't hear anybody discuss, what if nobody's lying? What if these are just two crappy rich people who were crappy to each other? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so have you like – listen to any of the trials or read the transcripts or anything i i really haven't i have caught the occasional like clip on social media and i will say now who knows what the algorithm is feeding me maybe i'm seeing different clips than someone else who's we don't know till elon is in charge yeah until you're like so someone who identifies as a different gender uh, mm-hmm. might be getting different clips or, or different whatever. But uh, I, sure. I, the algorithms keep feeding me clips that make Johnny look good and or funny. Yeah, so to it's me, that's the really, way things seem to be going. It, it, yeah, he, I, I would say he's, he's definitely winning the uh, public opinion award, um, whether he'll win the civil case or not. But he, I, I think that's justified even that she fired her whole PR team two days ago yeah. to get a new one. Um, so what's sad to me is I think they are both so messed up and broken people. Like, it's just sad. Um, so she even, I don't know if you saw, came out with this big thing that he actually, he was never physically abusive, only emotionally abusive. So that that should 
kind of justify uh, her, you know, the paper that she wrote, the op-ed, is she was referring only to emotional abuse, therefore it's accurate, and he took it to be physical, and that's his problem. But, you know, I could totally um, believe that, but there is proof, videos and things of her abusing him physically. So it's going to be really interesting because civil cases, you know, they don't have a burden of proof like a criminal court does. So I I feel like they've met the uh, requirements for what is necessary for a civil case. I definitely think he's kind of bought back his uh, looking good in the public eye. It's just real. Both of them are just a hot mess. And then they're both actors, right? So I did. Yeah. We could get into the nuance of things, but well, let's 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 do that because you can to some extent. Right. So obviously I think this stuff is stupid. It's mildly entertaining and that's why it kind of hits the radar. Uh, No one should be spending a ton of time on this, but we do we do have an angle having you here as a guest. Right. And that this really is. So in your wheelhouse, both as a, yeah. as a counselor, somebody who's worked in abuse, somebody who's worked in trauma. Right. And so right. it's, it's funny because every situation feels unique and to some degree it, it is. Nothing's exactly like, but um, abusers and the abused definitely exhibit patterns. There's things you can pick out, things you can see from my layman's understanding, mm-hmm. right? Correct me if I say something stupid sure. at any point here. And so like I, I saw um, a news agency. It's always funny to me when they do stuff like like this that brought in um, like a body language and behavioral and abuse expert yeah. stuff and broke down like from what I'm seeing from my expertise and they weren't you know mm-hmm. sometimes they're they're real broad with these things it's almost like getting your fortune read where they can kind of tell you whatever you want right. to hear and justify it but talked about you know watching uh, Depp testify even like not just his body language, but the movement of his eyes, which even if you hear, you know, mm-hmm. like CIA, FBI interrogators stuff talk about, right. there are things that are, are very, very telling there. Um, and right. this, this, this person's read on this, not only was that it's, it's Johnny comes across very believable as being a victim here, which as I understand mm-hmm. it could just means he believes he is. Right. Like there's not much different, you know, like as far as how he presents himself, there's not a whole lot of difference between whether or not he actually was abused and believes he's abused right. uh, as far as coming across genuine. But I've seen a lot of people break down and I think maybe, again, I'm not actually watching this trial or, or, or right. keeping up, but I think from what I've seen, it seems like they had an expert come in and testify who did. And I'm like, where is HIPAA in all this that like uh, talked with Amber Heard for 12 hours? But I've seen a lot of people alluding to right. she's either probably bipolar and or has a personality disorder. I've seen that repeated. So I don't know how valid that is. If it's people that have met with her, people who know people who are just assessing what they see in the courtroom, but what's your take Mm -hmm. on those things as you kind of see their body language or how they act or what they're saying? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Johnny, I would say reads as somebody who has when the clips that I've seen, I, I never was, I never watched the full thing because I've, I've been working, but the longer clips that I've seen, he reads as other men I have seen in counseling that have been abused. So to me, that doesn't mean he is, uh, you know, he, that his side of the story is true, but it's very consistent. She's very interesting. I don't know if you saw a photo but her first day testifying, she wore an all black suit. 
she wore the Gucci pin just like he did. And she had her hair done exactly like him. I mean, the two of them talk about a power play. She literally was dressed to mirror him, which is just really interesting from a psychological perspective. Also, any lawyer alive in this type of situation is going to tell their woman, you know, representative to wear any other color but black. Black is, it's too much of a power control color. When you're in these situations, people do go off of first impressions. You need to wear a lighter color so that you appear feminine, quote unquote. And she shows up in this black, you know, pantsuit with the same Gucci pin Johnny had on, her hair done up just like his. It's just... Yeah, I don't know what's going on with her, but she's she's interesting. Now, again, I mean, she was crying on the stand. And what clips am I seeing? You know, I'm not seeing the whole thing. So I don't want to speak a lot. Um, they're both actors. That's the other thing that makes this really, really fascinating. I would say that the likelihood she felt emotionally manipulated by him is probably very high likelihood. They don't have record of that. And all the instances she claims she was physically abused, people have debunked that as a possibility, which doesn't mean she wasn't emotionally victimized. Um, but they have it on proof, like they have recorded of her attacking him. So they're just an interesting, they're just, uh, to me, it's just so sad. And, you know, can he prove that her op-ed is what lost him, you know, all his contracts when it was two years prior that she won the court case in the UK? That's, I think, going to be a, I, I don't know. But again, the burden of proof is so different in a civil case. It's not, uh, you don't really have the same burden of proof. So, yeah, Kale, to me, it's really interesting. He reads as somebody... Uh, who is kind of processing their pain and she reads, she's all over the place. Yeah. I mean, she's just incredibly, even the, the clips I've seen, she's just totally all over the place. He certainly doesn't, doesn't present as somebody who has no issues and I don't think he's trying to clearly John, he's got his own demons and I, I it's not, right. it's not even that I don't know who I back in this thing. I kind of don't care. Um, right? right. But, um, he does come across as genuine other than the fact where I'm like, bro, nobody from Kentucky sounds like you. Why do you talk like that? Um, and I think is he from Kentucky he's from originally? Kentu he's from Kentucky. Oh my gosh. He should sound. It's, I it's, never knew. It's no, oh it's no secret here on the podcast. I'm a big fan of the show Justified. He should sound like Raylan. Like I, I, and hey, wow. Raylan's awesome too. Uh, but you, you left me with wow. a few questions there. Some of them serious, some of them not so much, but Okay. Um, because you mentioned her mimicking him in the clothing and the hair, um, mm -hmm. and you mentioned the color she was wearing. Right. What What prompted you to mention those things? Is that you noticed those from professional expertise, or did you see those brought up elsewhere? So I did notice that she was wearing black uh, when I saw the clips of her, and that was really interesting to me. I have a couple friends who are lawyers. I'm very close um, with them. And I've just watched a lot of law shows and just in the psychology courses I've had, we've had color theory um, as one of the courses in a recovery setting. So it was very interesting to me. She wore black. So that I picked up on, right. on my own. 
I also noticed she was in a pantsuit, which I think that's becoming more common for like women defendants to wear. So I noticed that to me, to me, it didn't, she could have gotten away with other things, but like Elizabeth Holmes will wore pantsuits from Theranos at her court case a couple months ago. So it's becoming more of a thing. To me, though, when you're trying to downplay uh, your power and your capability, it's just a better look to uh, not wear a pantsuit. I mean, it, it's a power suit for a reason. That's what we call it that. So those things I noticed. And then I did, I read an article that pointed out and had a side-by-side picture. And that blew me away when I saw yeah. the same pin, the same... I, I would not have caught that on my own. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I just, I asked because, that, and I've, I've consumed very little about this, um, mm. but that article caught my eye from the news agency having kind of the behavioral expert come in and yes. um, that individual commented heavily on the mimicry mm. being a power play. Like even in that you can see abuse and commented on the color. So I'm like, dang, Becca is an expert. Side note, you should probably be booking gigs on, you know, like news shows and not as much the Solid 7 podcast. But but the the, right. the more serious – it was just funny because both of those things got harped on yes. very much in that article. So I was, it was intriguing to me that you, yeah. that you mentioned both of them. But uh, kind of the more mm-hmm. serious question is like uh, Johnny's not a spring chicken, right? I think he's no. deep into his 50s, I 56. think. 56. Yeah, 56. Um, he's been a hot – a heart legit like – you know, cut out of the magazine and put him on the wall heartthrob for like more than 30 right. years. He's had, he's had access to, to women. I, I haven't ever heard anything about there being accusations like this about him from, mm-hmm. you know, prior relationships, love interests, one night stands, right. the whole gamut. So how common is it for, if, if he is the aggressor here, if he, if he is the abuser, for something like that to present in like just one, in like this isolated relationship? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know that I know the statistical number, but in this case, I will say um, three of his prior girlfriends who are also celebrities came out and released a statement on his behalf that he was never abusive towards them and they don't think this is his character that was presented as part of the evidence for him in this case so he's had not only nobody else but positive statements which maybe he asked for maybe they gave on their own i don't know um Typically, in my opinion, an abusive person, male or female, they don't change. Those are deep-seated heart issues that unless it's dealt with, it's going to creep out. It might it might not in every relationship because it might take a, you know, a layer of depth in a relationship or a trigger. Like Johnny Depp? So maybe depth? some relationships... Sorry. <laughs> that was funny. Had to. Some... You know, like maybe they need to be in a relationship for six months, right? Till the person, something happens that sets off the abuse. But if you're in a long-term relationship with somebody and they've been abusive in their past, they're going to be controlling, manipulative, emotionally abusive in your relationship. And, And this is why I do, I mean, I think Johnny's kind of won everybody, but a part of me is still concerned for Amber in the sense that with abuse, 
it's emotional abuse is at the top and then it goes to verbal, physical, sexual. So I do think it's possible that there, you know, there was emotional abuse. Now this Kale, you know, and we've talked about this before you and I, is what constitutes verbal abuse? You know, me saying I don't like you is not verbal abuse. So the, I think the law, like in general in America, the court system is going to have to, whether it's a court system or, you know, the DSM-5, whatever, or 6, I guess it would be, clearly define what constitutes emotional abuse because we have a generation of people claiming they are being emotionally and verbally attacked and abused and it's really just somebody saying I don't like you again I'm not saying that's Amber and Johnny but it bleeds into this reality of somebody disagreeing with you is not abuse no well and there's also uh, and this doesn't necessarily excuse it but I think any any reasonable logical honest thinking adult gosh I'm saying Mm -hmm. the statement realizing as I say it it's this just isn't true anymore but for my definition of those things, like there is such sure. a thing as I, I'm trying to come up with a better way to put it, and you might have clinical terminology for it, but there is such a thing as as mutual combat too, right? There's a difference between mm-hmm. um, me just berating you, putting you down, mm-hmm. attacking you verbally, mm-hmm. um, uninstigated, un- right? And I might think mm-hmm. there might be perceived instigation in my head, but I mean, when you look at it from the outside, sure. you know, just somebody who's just always down on somebody, dogging them, whatever. And right. we're involved in a disagreement and we're both yelling crap mm-hmm. back and forth. Doesn't excuse the right. behavior from either direction, but that's a different thing where like I have, cause I, I think anybody, you know, who's connected to, to the internet or, or near television these days has heard audio from this trial and you hear him like right. calling her names and her saying stuff to them. Yes. To me, there's not, that's not, it's not kind. It's not ideal, but there's not verbal abuse there. That's two people in an argument saying crap to hurt each other. And it's not Correct. like you both stepped into a, like a boxer doesn't get to go and file for being assaulted, right? You put the gloves on and you stepped mm-hmm. in the ring. It's mutual. You squared off, right? It's yes. mutual. Com- and I, so yes. I think obviously there's some nuance there and it can get messy. And that's part of why even on stuff like this, I'm like, I don't know these people. I don't know what really I went know. down. I don't know if anybody but them's going to know what really went down. And like, yeah. I, I'm not looking to write a fence, but I also have no impetus to pick a side because if she's lying, how awful mm-hmm. for him, right? Because this did have a negative impact right. on his career. Yes. Um, yes. If he's lying, how awful for her that she was treated that I way know. and has the whole world going, no, nah, that's, that's Jack Sparrow. What's wrong with this broad, right? right. Um, yeah. So, like, it's, it's, it, it's, it's definitely horrible one way or the other. It, I, I don't know which, and I, it's not my place to, to figure out which. It's just, I will say, like, as he looks better and better, and certainly has the the court of public opinion seems to be siding with him if it leans mm-hmm. that way. How much right. is Disney going to be kicking themselves for leaving Pirates of the Caribbean money on the table? Because who doesn't Believe want me. some more Jack Sparrow? Give me a break. Yeah, I I also thought that. I was like, ooh, Disney's uh, making bad decisions left and right these days. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not sad I'm not sad about him being out of uh, Fantastic Beasts. Which is a series I'm right. probably done with, anyways. Probably not because he's gone, um, but 
I thought he distracted from was like, he was too big. He was just, he yeah. just distracted from the movie. He he didn't fit. Um but it was just a terrible movie. I don't think I can watch it. But the next I'll one. watch Jack anyway. Sparrow anytime he appears on screen. Of course. Just just genius Hello. of a character. So Yes. So we'll yeah. see. It's uh it's intriguing. We shall see is right. Next week you can do an update for everybody what was decided. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned to the Solid Summit Podcast for all your Stay tuned. Depp heard breaking news up- updates. Good yeah. Lord, help us all. Oh, my. So, obviously, that was going on to distract us from the war in Ukraine. Oh, one more thing. Oh, yes. Sorry, one nope. more thing. Do and it. I know you wanted, you were about to transition us. I heard a rumor, and then I looked it up, that she and Elon were together. It wouldn't surprise and, me. And, yeah, they totally, they totally dated for a, a hot second. And people are wondering where she's getting all the money to pay for her lawyers and somebody, uh, you know, did this question and answer with Elon, and he was very evasive. And I just think I know both of us have this kind of love hate. I mean, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with Elon at the moment. Yeah. Uh, he's just stand. He's like standing up to everybody. He's he's, he's Tony Stark. It, it's literally I I can't. I have this aura. Anyway, I would find it so interesting if he's actually paying for all of her yeah fees. i don't know how i'd feel about that if he is i think i don't want to know yeah yeah because he refused he was subpoenaed and he he gave like a really low yeah i i'm speaking out of turn i i want to make sure my facts are straight but he's done something with this court case where he should have been in her defense and he got out of it but they think this was the compromise that he's not going to help testify he's probably doing this anyway just interesting to me oh elon it's my last buddy so but so like there was the war in ukraine going on which had distracted Mm -hmm. us from covid we moved from covid to war in ukraine then we then we pivoted to johnny and amber that was the distract distraction from the war in ukraine and then Mm -hmm. uh and again um, this is maybe we'll title this episode crap i really don't care about so i don't know why i'm talking about it but so then uh you know there's all this met gala coverage now my initial reaction was the same as i think a lot of people's which was didn't we just do this how often do they have these things how many met galas are is this quarterly is it monthly so i I also thought that we just had one a couple months ago because isn't that where aoc wore her tax the rich dress yes was that a year ago? So I, I've seen, and again, I'm like, I, I don't care, right? So I wasn't going to look heavily into this, but I saw... Wh- no, it was September. I saw blurbs or whatever. It yeah, it's like eight months, yeah. So not not quite okay. not quite a year. Um, And so, man, and so the, like you start seeing all kinds of coverage pop up about that. And it's like, oh, which at least it's not, I mean, whatever. It's, it's you know... Have, you know, let them eat cake kind of moment, like well, inflation's right. through the roof and the, you know, the stock market's down and there's war and who knows what's going to mm-hmm. happen with Johnny Depp. But here's some, some pretty people in nice clothes. So it's, that's, that's whatever. Um, I, I will say again, it's been well established on the podcast that I think the entire fashion industry is basically a, uh, a, 
a joke that nobody's in on anymore, mm-hmm. but that, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, much like modern art, I don't think anybody actually gets it or likes it, but people are very interested in having people think they do get it and like it. All that being said, uh, I'm intellectually honest and I will say Blake Lively's dress was fire and people should be talking about it. You're killing listen, me. I was wondering where you're going well, with listen, this. If you, if you don't, with you, if you Kale. don't like, listen, if you don't have love in your heart, which one, the first one or the second well, one? It was the same one. It kind of like that's, it was, I know. Uh, it okay, was, so that's uh, the whole thing. I actually is what did you read about that, right? And that, like, the whole stick okay. there, because that's what's getting most of the coverage um, is her yes. dress. It's, well, no, Kardashian's getting most of the coverage wearing Marilyn's dress. But anyway. Oh, uh, see, I see. I hadn't seen that. There, I, evidently, there was a lot to pick from to either be very happy or, or very mad about uh, yeah. for the Met Gala. Yeah. Um, but normally, like, most of the quote unquote fashion, I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's, that's not. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, her dress not very practical, but it was fire. And if you don't have some love in your heart for Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, we probably can't be friends. Um, they are the cutest. I if they ever break up, I will be so sad. And yeah, I just I adore the two of them. She kills it every year at yeah. this thing. I just want to be honest. I, every year, if you Google her photos, her dresses are fire. That yeah. she she's always also always on theme, and it really looked. As if she was a Statue of Liberty and how it transformed into the Empire State Building. It was very cool. Yeah, the whole idea, like if you see these pictures, you'll you'll look and think, oh, she had two different dresses. She was in like a greenish dress and a reddish dress. I'm sorry, I'm a guy. We only do primary Mm -hmm. colors. Copper. That's Um, okay. Okay. But it was like the, the whole dress, the design was like an homage to New York architecture and how like copper will patina and turn green. Um, And so the main dress actually really had just a lot of both colors in it, but it was the train that kind of transformed and it was almost an optical illusion where it's like, it either kind of looked like the whole ensemble was kind of that green or the whole ensemble ensemble was kind of that copper. It was pretty cool. So you were seeing that everywhere. And then evidently there's all kinds of Mm -hmm. side stories. So Lord knows the Kardashians know how to get themselves in the news. So there's that going on. Of course, uh, there's plenty of uh, mockery of Hillary Clinton going on because there's, there's photos of like, she's standing there unmasked because of course, uh, and some poor schmuck, you know, production assistant whatever in their mask like fixing her dress so of course it's it's funny yes. anytime like the the right wants to make a joke or comment on something the way you see the left report on that is always the right pounced on so the right pounced on those those pictures of hillary having her her dress judged right. so is that the right word is that the yeah by yeah. some Good poor job. i'm impressed poor masked uh, servant but uh, it's just funny with um uh, you know, with that crowd in particular, which tends to be, you know, Hollywood. There's a few standouts, but tends to be a more left-leaning crowd. Like mm-hmm. when um, COVID is still a risk and still still isn't or who it's a risk mm-hmm. to and who it's not. And it's just, uh, I don't know, I, I assume the Met Gala goes down. I mean, it's the, the Metropolitan Museum. Is that it? Who, who puts that on? I think it happens in New York yeah. and not California, but the, the rules there weren't any better. And it's I think- definitely... Yeah, it's definitely in New York City. I think it's actually Anna Winatar hosts it at the Met Gala. Like, she sends out the invites. You don't come unless Anna invites you. And then they go up into the Met. I'm 90% sure of that. Um, And there's a theme every year. And if you don't 
dress close enough to the theme, she doesn't usually invite you back. Yeah. Well, it just, Trump's never been invited back. She's very public about that, which is <laughs> hilarious to me. The you know the anyway. the funny thing is, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. Like it's just so hard to find any consistency in it. Like, you know, when you hear like I, you know, I've made the comment at times like, "Hey, COVID's over. Like we're not we're not we're not mm-hmm. doing that anymore." I I don't mean when I say it. I can't speak for everybody who's like COVID's over. I don't mean the disease doesn't exist anymore or was a hoax or anything right. like that. I mean, we're just we're done treating it the way we treated it. Like it, everybody, it's it's a cold at, at this with the way yes. the variants behave. What, now that you see the disconnect from complications and hospitalizations from from infections, right. it's just no matter what you believed about it the whole time, it's progressed where it's not what it was. Right. We know more about mm-hmm. it. It's lessened in severity, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. But it just seems like there's some people that just can't let it go. Let like it go. just want it. Like I, I saw, you know, I think it was from uh, Daily Mail. Right. Like Bill Gates, mm-hmm. who uh, his involvement, like his interest in these things. Um, I know he presents Weird. as altruistic and I'm not, you know, I'm not an Illuminati type person, whatever. I don't think right. Bill Gates created COVID or anything like that, but it doesn't come across as altruistic as he'd like. And, you know, so there's comments from him. Oh, we, we haven't seen the worst of COVID yet. And it just seems more hopeful than factual. <laughs> right. Like is anybody yeah. on the planet yeah. sadder to see covid kind of come to an end than anthony fauci you want to talk about somebody really getting the bang for their buck out of their 15 minutes that man that man he is a piece of work um yeah you know on my flight just last weekend i was flying and probably 30 percent of the airplanes still had masks on which really surprised me if i'm honest now i was flying in and out of chicago so it's a larger liberal city Um, but I really kind of expected most people to be happy and unmasked and in the airport and on the airplane, it was probably 30% of people everywhere I looked. And what kills me is, you know, they're wearing cloth masks. Yes. And I just think, have we not all agreed that a cloth mask is doing nothing to stop the spread? If you're going to wear your N95 or a medical mask, you're getting a margin yeah. Of protection. Yeah. But just these sweet people and they're panicky, you know, they take a sip of water and then they, you know, quick push it back up on their face. And I just want to say to them, you know, babe, what are you doing? Well, you know, and that's, that's here's some data. The thing, and again, I feel like we were, you know, we, we kind of step into really the realm of some of your expertise here, though, where it's like you think about all that was done and said for so long in the kind of terminology that was used to really strike fear in people, it, mm-hmm. it really, I don't mean this derogatory. I don't mean this to mock people. Um, it really did break some people. And I, I, yes. some of them might not be coming back. Like there, there's people that just basically became shut-ins. Like they wrote people off in their lives and they stopped interacting and they're, and they're still not back. And it's mm-hmm. because... They were they were convinced from all angles that this thing was absolutely mm-hmm. going to kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah. I, I don't it's it's, it's I, I'm, I'm not I'm not commenting on I don't look at every person I see in a mask now and go, oh, sad. Right. Like, I don't think they're all like broken people. There's definitely 
a percentage of those people who their mask is every bit the political statement at this point that not mm-hmm. wearing a mask was 18 months ago, right? If you saw somebody mm-hmm. in, an, in, in a place where most people were masked or ma- were masked or they were required or requested and somebody didn't have a mask on, you knew how they voted. You, mm-hmm. you knew how they voted. Um, yes. there, there's a degree of that going on now with people who are still wearing their masks when it's not required mm-hmm. or suggested. Mm-hmm. Some of them it's just, uh, you know, I follow the science. Okay, Scooter. It's, you know, yeah. whatever. But some people, yeah. it is, there are some people who are just at elevated risk for, and, and you know. Anything. Anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, and you, there's still, you know, you see COVID numbers rise and fall. You just don't see hospitalizations rise and fall now. And you've seen mm-hmm. so many of these stories. It's kind of, it's, it's not funny. I'm not rejoicing in the suffering of others, but it does kind of seem like the uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner was a super spreader event. <laughs> right. Like, lots of people <laughs> popping positive for that, but you see, like, uh, the vice president popped positive, and, and several people, right. like, in the president's inner circle, and but all, yes. shockingly, always, they haven't been in prolonged contact with him recently. That's its own other conversation. But every time you see these stories pop up now, it's, oh, they're asymptomatic, but they tested positive. I'm like, then they're not sick. If you're just testing everybody that walks by and sometimes you catch this thing and they had no idea and nobody else had any idea, they weren't sick. Right. I I don't know. It's it's just, you know, and we continue to see, like... I've seen, was it L.A., Illinois, New York? I don't know. Has like Maybe it was New York where they're like raising their alert levels and mask mandates might come back. And mask mandates did come back in Philly uh, up in your yes, stomping grounds. For a hot second. Yeah. While I was there, it was horrible. Oh, my gosh. I was there with some of my Jewish friends and we were celebrating Passover, the, the week of Passover. So we were there. And it was the week. So it started on Monday. We arrived on Wednesday and they lifted it the next Monday. And I just think, good. Yeah, I was not a happy person. Let's watch that real quick. Mostly, I think, because people just aren't buying large, just aren't having it at this point. They're just done with it. Um, But, you know, like we don't have to pretend like we haven't learned anything about this at at this point. Like we know the effectiveness of masks and to the varying Mm -hmm. degrees and that the cloth masks aren't doing anything. We, we know because now, because it's been reported on how quickly the air is cycled in an airplane and it is almost literally the cleanest air you're going to find yourself in other than if you're in like a a positive pressure room in a, in a hospital ward. right? Right. Um, yeah. So, like, we know that, and so we're pretending. And then we see, like, Johns Hopkins, who has been a trusted source on this thing throughout. They've been the ones reporting mm-hmm. the COVID numbers. Uh, you know, came out with data about how lockdowns didn't work. They didn't have, uh, you know, they didn't make any statistical difference. And then, right. uh, you know, you forwarded me a story today about how we're yes. seeing the, the impact of these lockdowns. And, you know, we kind of talked about it emotionally, but I think what you sent me was talking about mm-hmm. as far as like the impact on, on kids. Education. Yeah. And it's the largest, I want to pull it up here, this article, but it just, for black and Latino students, the amount they have fallen behind in these two years 
in comparison to higher income white and Asian students is the largest increase in educational inequality in a generation from a Harvard study. And just thinking about that. You know, those right-wingers at Harvard. Yes, yes, yes. Um, It's just devastating to me, Kale. And I I don't know what the answer is. And I I think we've talked about this before. I'm so thankful, you know, I'm not a governor of a state or the president of America, praise God. But I don't know that keeping our kids from school, what, what did that help us? Now we're seeing these horrible speech delays. I mean, at the American Academy of physicians changed their uh, markers developmentally for children. You know, it boggles the mind. Yeah, stuff like that's mind. always so sketch. I also saw today, this is semi-related, but it made me think of it when we were talking, that the CDC uh, admitted to tracking 20 million Americans during covid so I wish it was uh, a clip that I got on my news show. So I don't have an article yet. Um, I usually listen to the news in the morning and read at night. So I don't have an article yet showing that. But they admitted that they illegally were tracking people via their cell phone. And I just think, what? Why are we? Why am I not hearing about this in other places? So I need to verify that. And um, the, that's, the stuff like that leads back to kind of my my part of my lead-in question here like or going back to bill gates which is it seems like some there, there's people that just want this to go on longer and you hear more and more stories like that and it's it's hard not to feel like not to surmise that the the driving desire there is just power and control it is yes. is just you know it's that overton window of moving people's expectations of how far how how much the government can tell them to do how much control the government can have over their life um it, you you know and you you shift that overton window way out there where okay we'll bring it back a little bit but it's still not back where it was but it feels better so we're good with it here um mm-hmm. and so you hear stuff like that and it's it's it, it just it feels very much like conditioning, very very much like conditioning. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about this; yes. it's about the other things we want to we want to make you do. Just get you for your mm-hmm. own good, for your own safety. Yes, because nothing's yes. more yeah. important than safety. Yes, mm-hmm. and we're going to create a whole new board to monitor your safety and the information you're intaking, just in case disinformation is oh, disseminated. My gosh. It's just it's just parody. It's just like are are you guys like looking for ideas in dystopian novels at this point? Like, is that where you're looking for these ideas? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's in the theory that sounds so great. You know, I have to be honest in theory, if we were going to have a truly, truly bipartisan disinformation, whatever, but it doesn't exist. It and doesn't. certainly the government is not that place. No. Um, just over and over every conspiracy theory on the right. And I have to admit, because of my left-leaning ways, to think a lot of things my family and friends on the right have said is a conspiracy theory, but they have like all come true. And it 
Oh, yeah. The, I don't love that. The, the number of joke memes out there right now about needing to apologize to Alex Jones is like, you, nobody, you don't want to. You know, I feel the same way when the, the, the left, when the left like, makes Trump look good or right. I'm like, for the love, mm-hmm. guys. Like, when he said Jefferson right. and Washington statues would be next, when he said gas would elect Joe Biden and gas will be 4 and $5 a gallon and just on and on and on, I'm like, guys, what, what are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? It's yeah, it's yeah. it's infuriating, and so uh, yes. and, well, and that's the thing, right? So, um, you know, ministry of I was gonna say ministry of truth. That's <laughs> not what it is. It's I board of disinformation or whatever they're calling their ministry of truth. But who who gets to define? That's and that's the problem, right? Yes. Who's who's yes. who's deciding? Um, what's yes. what? And that's why that doesn't work. That's why. The, the best antiseptic is daylight. The best antiseptic is free speech. The best, like, let's put it all out there and, and weigh it mm. all equally, right? Like, if this person's mm-hmm. a kook, then just then demonstrate that. Um, right. You know, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, like, if we weren't doing that, if you didn't feel like you couldn't trust the major news sources like we once did, so the the counterpoint mm-hmm. is well some some subsets always going to believe it and that's how you end up with QAnon and that's how you whatever but like the people have been driven right. to those spaces as sources because mm-hmm. what we used to be able to trust as sources or at least believed we could yes we we can't anymore right, right? so then you look elsewhere and it becomes mm-hmm. segmented and you stop hearing dissenting opinion it's mm-hmm. it's just you know one thing leads to the next and it doesn't currently appear that the polarization is going to get any better because i know while we're all sitting there and trying to enjoy obviously it wasn't actually but we're all sitting there trying to enjoy the met gala because it's a nice distraction from johnny depp and amber heard which was a nice distraction from ukraine which was a nice distraction from covid um a draft opinion from the Supreme Court gets leaked. What in the world? The unprecedented nature, catastrophic impact, regardless of your opinion on abortion. I am so frustrated that people don't care to talk about that aspect of this. That it really hurts. It's a my it's a life. real problem. Like that does it's, not happen. The court, no. the court can't function if that happens. This, this was a, this was not an, an opinion to be published. This was a draft opinion, and these mm. regularly circulate and are amended. Votes do move. Um, that this opinion mm-hmm. was drafted by Justice Alito doesn't mean that the votes are going to stay the way that they are. Doesn't mean that the decision is going to stay the, the way that it is. Doesn't mean that it's going to have all of the impacts and ramifications that that draft currently would indicate mm-hmm. and now yeah. that that whole process now is is poisoned mm-hmm. and it's yeah like i i don't know what if any laws were broken there but i i hope they're severe and i hope that person's punished well, and i would feel the same way if if it was a case that looked like it was going to go a direction i didn't agree with it that can't happen it's a problem to me it's the print Exact to me, this is the principle that this court truly is supposed to be, you know, beyond partisan politics. 
that it, and even I have to admit, like when Sotomayor in the fall throughout all those outlandish uh, false claims about children in hospitals with COVID, she did it in a civilized manner. The court acts in a civilized manner that is kind of above societal norms. And frankly, I, you know, I feel like it's some Yale Law School prep kid without any concept of the sacredness of being able to work at that institution did this. And now the ramifications, I don't know how honestly they can have trust. I know they're getting all new clerks every year. They get new clerks, but still the breakage of trust between each other and among the clerks, it, it really is astronomical. Um, yeah, I just, I'm so upset. It's, it's hard for me to even comprehend. I have read some interesting things. I'm sure you have as well, you know, with a hypothesis of, is it a liberal, you know, clerk, one of the liberal clerks, Uh, because nobody believes that one of the actual justices would have done this. Um, It's just, and I, I, I agree. I don't think they could ever have done this. So a clerk, was it a liberal clerk who did this? so that the pressure would be so high that they would switch sides, somebody in the majority opinion, or are, you know, is Kavanaugh or um, Amy Coney Barrett, are they waffling that they're going to go the minority opinion, which would become majority? So a conservative clerk did this to put pressure on them because now if they switch sides, it'll appear as if they switch sides because of public opinion, which is also not a good look in the Supreme Court. So yeah, I I still tend to think it had to have been a liberal clerk um, who wanted the public pressure and outcry to sway the court. But to me, that was a really interesting opinion. I'd be curious your thoughts. Because this is your realm more than mine. I, I, I lean toward, you know, I recognize my own cognitive biases here, right? A, sure. a wrong was done. Sure. My tendency is going to believe it wasn't on my, my side. Uh, my reasoning is I don't think um, a conservative, because the, the conservative justices, uh, they and their mm-hmm. families are in le- legitimate danger right now. They are, 100% yeah. legitimate danger. Um, I, I just, I, 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 man, that, that'd be... To, to have done that when you're when you're quote unquote on their side to for right. to force their hand in a decision uh, when mm-hmm. the, it, the the draft opinion wouldn't have been written if they weren't already leaning that way I don't know that would be extreme and by the the very nature of conservatism tends to hold um, our our country's institutions in higher regard. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. built into sure. the word con- conserve uh, and, the, and the way things sure. more traditionally have been done. It's not impossible. Um, again, mm-hmm. like it's just, you know, just never in 2022, you just don't know, wake up and know what the news is going to bring tomorrow. So I, right, right. it wouldn't floor me. Um, but I, I don't think it's as likely as some, you know, mm-hmm. young I'm, I'm trying to avoid derogatory terms here, to be fair. I don't know if that makes the podcast better or worse. I don't know. I, I worry sometimes, like, trying to be more balanced than I maybe naturally am, like, to have a wider yeah. base. Is, is that just – Is it then is it just lukewarm? It's just like, eh, have a freaking opinion. Um, yeah. I, I think it was – 
I, I think the odds are probably this was some mid twenties woke liberal kid that doesn't have a clue. Um, uh, uh, what they did. Uh, what, the- that just doesn't care about the safety of these justices right. just saw their opportunity to, to go. You're, you can't believe what these, what mm-hmm. these people are going to do. Are doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, yeah. and I'm going to tell it, everybody. It, yeah, it is true. And I just think, you know, a couple of them do have young kids. I mean, Amy's youngest son has down syndrome at nine years old and that people are camping outside his house. It, it's just, really disgusting that that is even if you are upset my you know and thankfully I've talked to a lot of my friends who are uh, pro-choice and they're horrified and they're very frustrated right now but they would never go retaliate against these justices but to think of the mindset that would cause you to think you harming someone's child is going to make that person come to your side doesn't flow logically like that that thought just uh makes no sense so i i just yeah i've never you know more more to the point of of maybe what what this decision would be right if the draft held up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's um i i just i i agree that i think my setting aside my my christianity right mm-hmm. if i'm going to assess this politically constitutionally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i never i never saw the basis in the constitution for roe well that's the thing yeah and i wouldn't say most but a decent percentage of liberal leaning uh judges lawyers agree the way the court interpreted the 14th Amendment to establish Roe v. Wade is a really weak argument that was just kind of political pressure at the time. So the precedent in the Constitution for it, it's it's not there. So, you know, I read most of Alito's draft opinion. And, and what he said is sound logic. There are some parts I mean, I, I'm not a Supreme Court justice, so I, I feel like I shouldn't even give my opinion on the soundness no, of his that's argumentation. The, of, um, the Sound 7 podcast is based but. on giving unqualified opinions. It's it's literally what Perfect. we do. It's the, it's the yeah. entertainment value. Yeah. For my curiosity, I don't want to say it's a concern. He interprets some past laws in ways that open the door to ban gay marriage or to ban the legality of interracial marriage. So he tries to stress a couple times in this draft. And again, this is a draft. Who knows what the real thing is going to say? Because Clarence Thomas is going to put his name on a decision that's going to even open the door to banning interracial marriage. Yes. So, I mean... It is, though, interesting. He does cite Loving many times that he'll say, you know, he said in his opinion, this is what I think. These are the laws. Why? And then he'll say, and this does not affect Loving is one of the specific cases that he marks, which is the law that said interracial marriage was okay. So it's just it's an interesting opinion. It's an interesting draft. I'll be really curious. I think they need to 
not wait till the end of June to release their official statement. They need to not let this drag out and they need to come to a conclusion uh, and release that sooner than they normally do. I think for their own sake. Yeah, what's Robert's going to do? That's also going to be really interesting because, you know, you can't tell listening. I mean, I listened to the audio clip of when this was argued back in December. And, and you can't really tell with him where he was leaning on this. Well, so here's here's my take with Roberts is mm. that if if the vote stays four or five um, or is, is going to stay four or five, he will flip and he will vote with the majority. And here's why I believe that. I don't mm. think uh, Roberts supports um, as wide sweeping a decision as Alito yeah. or Thomas are going to write. So what happens? I didn't know this till recently, but um, mm. when the chief justice is in the minority, then the right. justice with the most tenure in the majority gets to assign the decision. So I'm a little surprised yes. that it would be Alito writing it and not Thomas. I would think he would want to write it himself. But yes. if, it, if it looks like it's going to go this way, I think mm-hmm. Roberts will flip his vote so that okay. he has control over who drafts over the decision, the, whether that's himself or somebody who's going to write a less wide-sweeping decision than sure, than sure. That's that's how I think it will play out. Which is an interesting thought, except that to write a whole new draft opinion from now until when court recesses, man, those things take a long time to research and write. That. That would just, for me, be very impressive to the clerks, who, let's be honest, who are doing most of the writing for these guys yeah. and girls. Yeah. Interesting. So so then, Becca, there's the, the meat of it, right? That's the firebrand. And um, I'm told I don't get to have an opinion um, because I don't <laughs> have a uterus, to which I'm tempted to say, how do you know? Yeah, you're not a biologist. If you haven't, no. Um so, and it, even it's funny, I saw today Gavin Newsom's, it, not in hot water, but just being mocked widely, right, for, you know, stating, you know, something definitive about women or gender, right? Like, hey, um, you know, it, it's something along the lines of a better podcast would look it up. But, um, you know, yeah, yeah. if you're if you're not a woman or if you can't have a baby, you don't get to have a say, well... Like, bro, hey, your side flat out says men can have babies, men can have uteruses, uteri, mm-hmm. either way. Um, like, that's what your supporters think. So he's he's been getting pretty mm-hmm. well, well ribbed over that. Um, but, uh, A, I've just always found that to be fallacy, right? Like the idea mm-hmm. of, oh, because it doesn't, well, it does affect you in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's, but like, you're, you're the wrong gender, you're the wrong this, so you can't have an opinion. Well, it's dumb. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's never, so a few things here and I, and I, and I want your take. I'm, I'm literally looking for, okay. right? Like you do get to have an opinion. You, you do, you have a uterus as far as I'm aware. Um, Don't assign me my gender. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Um, so you, uh, tell me if, and when, and when I'm off base here, one, this decision, okay, okay. this, this decision, if it stands as Alito wrote it. And again, this is, mm-hmm. this is more about the the legal side than the content of it um, does not ban abortion. This, the, the decision as it's written does not outlaw abortion. It doesn't. That's a, that's a factual statement. All it does is return the decision to the States. 
where yes. the people in the states can can vote on it and, and the legislatures yes. there can vote on it. It's literally a, a more democratic thing. It's more directly controlled by the people. Uh, that is actual mm. literal democracy uh, than the way things have been right. un, under Roe. Um, so it's it's up to the mm-hmm. state. You can you could leave that state permanently or to have a procedure. It's, it does not outlaw mm-hmm. abortion uh, in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. I've never understood this whole like pro-choice thing. Like there's never ever not been a choice in with very, very small exceptions of whether or not to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Right? With the exception of forced intercourse, there's always a choice involved in conception. It seems mm-hmm. to me that the people who are pro-abortion are just really upset that the choice comes before the orgasm instead of after it. Mm-hmm. There, there's a choice. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people listen with their kids, so sorry about the, the O word, um, and, and I'll be a little less graphic, but there's all kinds of, of ways to get your kicks and giggles that don't result in conception. All mm-hmm. kinds, up to and including mm-hmm. don't, don't have sex. Right, right. Not as fun as the other options. Admittedly, right. I get it, but it's an option. Don't have unprotected right. sex. Now, all of the protect, none of the protection options are 100%. Check, Roger, got it. But if you're not willing to accept that percentage of risk, mm-hmm. I revert you back to the previous option. Um, right. And then again, adults listening, everybody gets it. All kinds of alternative options to have mm-hmm. your fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Don't, there, there's all kinds of choice there. It again, yeah. it it just comes. It, it's not at the point in the process where they seem to want it. I I, I don't understand this this choice argument. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think they want to be able to do whatever they want without consequences and. They want to eliminate their consequences if they come from it. And so, yeah, I have so many friends who are very pro-choice that I disagree with their arguments and I think they're wrong. I think I just know these friends so well that I am sympathetic to what they say, that it's hard for me to... Yeah. I mean, on that point, I don't have any problem being like, you're such an idiot. If you really don't want to get pregnant, keep your legs closed. You know, it's, you know, or use protection, go on a pill, track your cycle. Uh, I, you know, there are, it's, I think 1% of uh, rape victims become pregnant from their attack and which is horrifying. And I get that. Um, and you did not choose that. So in that case, again, I'm a little more sympathetic to feeling the violation of that. And then to have this visceral reminder inside of you of what happened to you for nine months, I'm a little more sympathetic to, to that at the same time, uh, you know, that leaves 99% of other people, 
you know, probably consented to what uh, brought about this child. So don't tell me you didn't have a choice. Uh, nobody in today's day and age is unaware. Well, I'm saying that and then I'm actually, I just was reading this study of a certain religious group in America that's very conservative and people tried to have intercourse through the belly button and they couldn't figure out why they were not conceiving. So I want to say that nobody in today's day and age understands Uh. that uh, they know how you get pregnant, but there are yet grown adults in this country who are not aware. So, uh, which is completely hilarious and sad that those people, their sex, sexual education is so poor that they don't, they don't know that. Um, it's, it's just unbelievable to me. Uh, anyway. I just, the, part of the struggle is because this topic's so emotionally charged. It's, yeah. it's, it's very difficult to, to enter into any conversation with anyone who holds abusing, opposing viewpoints without it becoming heated, without it becoming personal. But uh, there's a few people like that in, in my circle. And, and so I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I saw somebody who I know to be intelligent and logical and thoughtful, um, just, mm-hmm. just posting some stuff where I'm like, man, if you thought that through, I don't think you believe what what you're saying and so kind of engaged and didn't change didn't change any minds um uh, you know in 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 either direction which is you know honestly a a little disappointing but it at least stayed civil it's not like we hate each other it didn't turn into a right you know a knockdown drag out but what's what what dawned on me and and maybe i've had this thought before maybe i haven't i I can't recall it seemed like a fresh thought to me is it's Mm -hmm. just like so many of the defenses of of abortion, um, you know, mm. you you take them to what to me is their their natural extensions, their natural conclusions are things that I, I just feel like the vast majority of people uh, agree are are horrific, right? Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't buy. So where my body, my choice falls apart for me is that it's not it was the vaccine mandate. <laughs> Um, that's, that's for me. We're well, and again, Anyways. you know, people are you throwing that in both directions right now. Oh, if you were trying, if you were, I know. you know, if you were, I get it. If yes. you were trying to get, say, I couldn't work six months ago because I wouldn't get a vaccine, but now you're saying my body, my choice, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you're seeing the, the reverse, right? right, of, right. Um, if, if you didn't want to take a vaccine because of your autonomy, then you better not be saying whatever right now. Those are both wrong, right? Because, right, there's yeah. there's not something floating through the air that's going to get you pregnant, right? Like you can't. So there, it's 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 stupid comparison, but it's also not your body. It's not. Mm. Um, it's distinct human DNA, different from your own, one hundred percent identifiable and distinct from your own. And so then, okay, you make that point, okay, but it can't it can't survive without me, okay? There's people on life support at the hospital. They, they, they can't survive outside of the support of, of another. Oh, that's, that's machinery, not their body. Well, if you don't staff the machinery, then it, mm-hmm. then it doesn't work. Um, I have, uh, you know, everybody knows, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Void of my wife and I support, they, they, would, they would both die. If we locked the doors of the house yes. and left, there's, 
there's some packages of things they might be able to get into in the cupboard. They might be able to make it a little bit, mm-hmm. a little while, but it's not going to be long. So again, 100% dependent upon us. So based on that metric, that argument for abortion is also an argument for infanticide, right? So, yeah. it, you know, one of the comments you continue to see is you can't ban abortion. You can ban safe abortion. My question mm-hmm. to this individual was safe for who? And he said for the woman, to which I replied, not so much for the baby, though, huh? And so, like, I kind of tried to to Socratic method, like, question, you know, Mm -hmm. him to to some of these things. And uh, my, you know, like, I'm like, why are you valuing one life over the other? And so it kind of went with... Um, you know, well, maybe it's uh, emotional attachment or, or contribution to society. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, well, like, what's the, what's the math? What's the metric? At what point has someone contributed enough that we have a problem with ending their life? How much do they have to contribute? Do they have to continue to contribute? If you can no longer contribute, then do you no longer have that, that right to life? And so really it's, it's the same thought process it's the same logic where the end result is eugenics mm-hmm. it, it is so like these these arguments right. if you just take them through their natural progression are also arguments for infanticide are also arguments mm-hmm. for for eugenics um and on right. one hand i would say and we all look at that and think those things are horrible but we don't right. all anymore it's it's so sad what you see Right now, with the declining birth rates of children with Down syndrome. Mm. Yes. And it's not because we've figured out how to fix it. It's because we do the early genetic testing. And oftentimes... Right. It's when, not always accurate. And oftentimes when people, when those tests indicate that the child will be born with Down syndrome, um, people terminate those, those pregnancies, which mm-hmm. is this horrible, horrible crossroads of eugenics and infanticide. Um, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's people, people allow themselves to disassociate from what's actually occurring because it's, it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, Oh, it's, it's just a a clump of cells. Well, right Mm -hmm. now, right now, it's just a clump of cells. But if you leave it alone, it's, you, you, you know it's going to be more mm-hmm. than that. Oh, well, uh, you know, there's miscarriages yeah. and there's stillbirths. Yes, and those are horrible. But They are horrible. But you know what makes them worse is when they're, like, the result is on purpose, right? Like, that's, life mm-hmm. has risk, right? This takes us back to COVID and we've talked about these things, right? Like, there's right. risk inherent in life and you can't eliminate yes. all of it and you don't want to eliminate all of it because I promise right. you, the more of it you eliminate, the less that life is worth living, you, right? It it just takes the challenge and the excitement and whatever. Life has mm-hmm. risk. It's built in. No, Nobody's guaranteed tomorrow, right? And so, that, again, that same argument to me then was also 
a, a pro-suicide argument of, oh, well, you don't even know that, that pregnancy is going to be successful. Well, I don't know that I'm not going to get hit by a bus tomorrow. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. So, But that doesn't devalue my life in this moment right now because that could happen. We don't devalue right. life in the moment because of the possibility of loss of life. Like that's just not a thing mm-hmm. that we do. And, and so do. it's just all, right. all these arguments, like they just don't hold water to me. And it, it really all, and, and what we landed on, which was at least intellectually honest of him, uh, what, you know, it just seemed, it was more like he was very uncomfortable with this legislation of morality. And of course, all legislation is a legislation of morality. Um, right. And I'm like, it, I'm like, it sounds to me like really you just fall in this camp more of being an anarchist. And he's like, yeah, that's probably more accurate. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's at least more intellectually consistent and honest. Mm-hmm. Um, to admit to that. So I'm like, the, the real debate just to me boils down to, is this life or not? Because if it is, we all know what it is when you end it. And if it's mm-hmm. not, it's a different discussion. But you, you look at it, and of course, you can't just follow the science anymore. You can't just trust the biology anymore. But we all know that left to its own devices, what, mm-hmm. what the result of this is going to be. Like, I don't know how you argue that it is life. So then the debate becomes about, well, when is it life? When does it start? Mm-hmm. And for all of our science and all of our technology and Elon's going to put people on Mars, we don't have a good way. So how is the decent thing not to err on the side of life? If you're not certain, why would you not err on the side of life? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's very sad. Um, I just, it's such a selfish argument to me that it's my body and my choice when you're killing another human to, to say that it's just a hard uh, pill to swallow that. Well, and, and again, the point is, oh, do you, you see the kind of lives that un unwanted children live. Is that even mm-hmm. fair? Well, we don't know what kind of life they're going to have. They, they might be born into a horrible home situation where the parent didn't want them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're mean to them all the time. They might be, they, they might be born into a situation where the parent couldn't really afford them and they're scraping by and they, they grow up poor. They might end up mm-hmm. in, in the system. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's not a family to adopt them. Maybe there's, there's not a, a foster family. They might, mm-hmm. none of those things are final. Mm-hmm. They're, right. they're not ideal. No right. one desires them, right. but there's plenty of stories of people who escape those things. There's plenty of them. So none of those mm-hmm. are final. And again, then like there are people alive and well right now living in those situations mm-hmm living in poverty, living in abusive home situations, we don't devalue their life. We don't say, well, we might as well just off them because, of course, they wouldn't want to live through mm-hmm. this. We, don't, we right. don't do that. So why do we make Like we're just shifting the argument earlier in the life, but it doesn't hold up anymore then. I, mm-hmm. My mileage, right? This is I, – I, I just can't, I can't find the logic in that. And I hate the, oh, uh, well – 
uh, you you conservatives, you only care about them before they're born. You have no no interest in helping after they're born. I'm so sick of this trope that if somebody thinks the government shouldn't do something, that it shouldn't be done. And there's study after study after study that that proves mm-hmm. beyond the shadow of a doubt that people who lean conservative in their beliefs outgive the left every day of the week. They're they're more charitable yeah. in every way, shape, and form, all the time, all the time. Yeah. It, there's, there's nothing charitable about you wanting to use my money to help people. Mm-hmm. That's not charity. Yes. That's theft. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same with adopting. I mean, uh, Christians over any other demographic adopt more kids than, than any other by a, a large percentage. So also I've been seeing a lot from, from my uh, liberal friends pro- pro-choice right now. You can't speak, you know, okay, Christian, are you ready to adopt all the kids? To which I think, well, we've been doing it already, so okay. (laughs) It just kind of makes me giggle, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with this decision. Um, You know, I, 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 I don't know. We'll see, but it's. When it should at least all be intellectually honest and fair about it. And, uh, you know, the, the lighter side of it, the, the joking comment that I've seen is like, mm-hmm. I think we're all about to see some mostly peaceful protesting. <laughs> like it's, 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 yeah. it, I mean, it already is, but it's, it's going to get dicey. It's going to get nasty at a time when we're already so divided midterms. I mean, this throws the midterms into absolute disarray, which is also why, uh, it, it but leads. do you think that, Carol? Because I think this is, I think the person who leaked this wanted it to do that. But I think it is so early for midterms that by the time midterms come around, it's already out of the news cycle. Not if they sit on this decision until June, July, whatever. Well, if they keep sitting on it, yeah, that's a different story. And I, I'm yeah. just, it's, I mean, as fast as the moves, the news cycle moves. Mm-hmm. This one will not right. move. This will be front and front for for those uh, you know uh, on the left. They will do everything in their mm. power to keep this front and center through November, because mm. it mm-hmm. it's there. There's nothing else going for them right now to motivate their base. Mm-hmm. There are there there are people who will get out and vote if if Roe is overturned. There are people who will get out and vote in November who who wouldn't have otherwise. Hmm. Now, okay. the unknown is always who is it more motivating? Mm-hmm. Is it motivating to the right who want to mm-hmm. then make sure the House is taken, make sure mm-hmm. that the Senate is taken, make sure that right. then, uh, you know, Roe can't be passed via legislation right. versus it. right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> That that part's hard to say, and that will come down to messaging. It is uh, one thing. I mean, the 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 Clinton campaign back in the day was genius. Like there there was political genius to it's the economy, stupid. Um, when people mm-hmm. when the bills are piling uh, piling up and stomachs are empty, it's hard for people to care about much else. Um, right. So if the economy's crap, it's really hard to keep the attention on anything else. Uh, so it's, so it's hard to say, and it's hard to say which side, um, you know, abortion Mm -hmm. motivates more, 
Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. But I don't. I, it does. Uh, my assumption would be it wouldn't make the midterms the the, the lock that they appeared to be. I mean, uh, it, pundits mm-hmm. right and left. To me, from what I've seen and heard, are indicating. Eh, mm-hmm. Big red wave, which is not uncommon, right? Typically, right. you know, yeah, when, when, a, when a president right. starts their term uh, and their parties, you know, for all of our like bluster and right left and two party system here in America, mm-hmm. we like gridlock in our government. Uh, we wouldn't say right. that, but we vote that way all the time. We regularly put in a president of one party and flip the mm-hmm. House or Senate the first chance we get to not be the same party. It doesn't often stay that way for very long. Um, and that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Like it's, you don't want, like every time they pass a law, uh, most people don't think about it this way, but every time the government passes a law, your city council, your state legislature, the county, federal government, you're less free. Mm-hmm. Every time you're less free, you're more restricted. People don't think about that when laws are passed, right. but that's literally what they do. You don't want these people to be able to yeah. move fast. It's true. You want them to have to sit and debate and figure things out. It it used to be like they didn't they weren't all just in DC making laws all the time, once upon a time. For that matter, like Texas, the state legislature in Texas meets every other year. How many laws do we need? What more do we need to do? What are you people doing? Mm-hmm. I'd be for a law that says every time you want to pass a law, you gotta get rid of two old ones. Let's pass that law. <laughs> Where's that legislation? It's true. Where's that constitutional amendment? Sign me up. I'll sign that petition. I'll vote for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't know which which way it's going to go. You know, the numbers behind abortion in in this country are are depressing to think about. They're very depressing. Um, We have come a long way. You like you look where things are at societally now, like the. The, the cry of support for, for Roe v. Wade back in the day was abortion should be, um, oh, what was it? Like mm-hmm. safe, the free, safe, and rare or something like that. And it's like, oh, nobody celebrates this. But they absolutely do celebrate it now. Like people throw parties with cakes. Yeah, um, it's so sad. You know, late night comedians. Kind of yeah, it's it's, you know, it, it's not, not, not for everybody. For some people it is tragic and hits them hard and man I, I feel for that people who don't realize the weight of it until it's too late right um you know i it's it's tough um and i get that so i you know i don't want to paint with with too broad a brush like everybody's you know dancing into the abortion clinic but it has been like planned parenthood not you know like they're not an honest and fair actor they were founded by a racist eugenicist and, and Margaret Sanger, right. they absolutely were. Abortion has disproportionately affected uh, minority populations. Uh, yes. It, yes. It, you know, it's there. There's a lot more to it than 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 the way it's presented. And it's and again, it's just like, oh, we're we're going to be swimming in, in unwanted babies. It's not. A, it's, it's like as though this is the only option for for somebody to not mm-hmm. have a, a kid. It's just that's the part that drives me yeah. nuts. Right. Yeah, it is. It is. There's other things you can do. There's nothing that person can do. So, yeah. so I'm, 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 I'm okay. And my not having a uterus, do I still have a decent grasp on the, the issues? Yeah, yeah. You definitely have a decent grasp of the issues. In, in your, in your professional belief as a uterus haver. 
what the mm-hmm. correct yes, a birthing my, a birthing person i'm a birthing person yeah so yeah i would say that you have a say in this you know as someone that is a birthing person i'm not sure if i'm a woman yet because i am not a biologist but i am a birthing person i do yeah. know that well i i will say this if i can if i can balance myself out some, which I'm not looking to balance myself, this oh. is, but this is genuine belief, right? I'm not looking to soften okay, or soften my stance on, stance on this thing by any means. Mm. But, you know, there's a counterpoint to be had there of, oh, so, uh, you know, if a, if a woman wants to not get pregnant, then she should just abstain or, or whatever. So we don't have mm-hmm. that freedom there, but men can just still run around wantonly spreading their seed. Hey, sure. also, no. Also, no, I'm I'm 100 percent in support of of strong legal legal obligations for people who who uh, whatever the left wants to say. Now, I would say father a child um, and seminate whatever. Uh, Obviously, there's not necessarily medical ramifications there, uh, and I'm and I'm not advocating for for that. Um, but mm. 100%, uh, whatever makes sense in the way of fiscal responsibility and, and otherwise, yes. um, mm-hmm. uh, 100%, absolutely, absolutely. I am for, uh, it's been a running theme the past few weeks for whatever reason on the podcast here. I'm for personal responsibility. I'm for balancing yeah. our rights with the responsibilities that come with them. I'm pro that. Yes. Yeah, let's legislate that. I, I would be fine with that. So, uh, and uh, you know, you know, again, the counter arguments are: oh, okay, so are you going to make childcare free? Are you going to make the medical costs associated with birth free? Well, and that's impossible. Nothing's free. Mm-hmm. Nothing's free. Mm-hmm. You want somebody else to pay for it, and and again, uh, you chose to have the sex. Why? Again. Right. All of this with the asterisk. Sometimes sex is not chosen. I sure. get it. That's a small percentage of what we're talking Correct. about here, right? We can Correct. have that right. additional conversation. I didn't choose to have the sex. Why am I picking up the tab? Right. Why right. Why am, am I paying for the diapers? Oh, well, well I well, I can't. Okay. I strongly encourage you to get involved in a local religious organization. I guarantee you they will help. If you can't pull it yeah. up with their pull it off with their help, help adoption is is an option. And often mm-hmm. adoption that involves your medical tab being picked up is often an option. Right. Yes. Um <laughs> uh, right, but the consequences of my actions will have expenses and I don't want that. I know life's really tough. I, I know. I'm so sorry. I wish it wasn't that way. I'd love for everything to be consequence free. It's just not. It would be great. It's just not. I know. I. It's just not. I said it today. I was teaching at a, a private Christian school in the area. I had uh, an hour session with them, as kind of a goodwill towards the community that we do, and so. I had probably 77th and 8th graders, so sweet, and we were, we were talking about uh, kind of this issue, gender and sexuality, and I love to compare it just to our hearts and our sin nature, and I'm like, yeah, it would be great, wouldn't it, to do whatever we want, but that's just not life. We, we can't do whatever we want, and 
there are consequences to any choice. So let's look at this uh, from another perspective. But this world, particularly this generation, uh, millennials and Gen Z, we don't really want consequences. We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And that's just not life. Yeah. And actually, I think we're happier when we when we work hard for things, when we earn them, when we have that personal, like there's a sense of dignity and worth and value as humans that comes as we contribute, as we're working hard for things that you, you don't have when there are free handouts. Now I'm all about social justice and initiatives and giving, but yeah, it's just a little, yeah. Those are some of my thoughts. I'll say this too, again, not, not to soften my, my viewpoint at all, but because, uh, Mm. you know, I have, as we're in a bit of a period of change here with, with the podcast and and tweaking things some and and looking at things differently, uh, I I have, I think made a a conscious decision to be, you know, I've I've tried to be a little soft, like, you, you know, me like in real life, right? My podcast, I haven't been fake, but it's one of those, like Glenn Beck used to say, right? Like, um, I, I, I won't, let's see, I, I, I don't say everything I believe, but I believe everything I say, something along those lines, right? Like, yes. I'm not going to lie to you, yes. but you might not get everything. That's probably the best description yeah. kind of how I played the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm like, I just don't know if that's the, the best tack, right? There is something to like, hot can be real refreshing or hot can be like real cozy and, and whatever. And cold can be real refreshing and lukewarm's often just kind of meh. Right. Very rarely do you find somebody who wants just a room temperature glass of water. Um, right. So that said, it's not coincidental that on the, this topic, it just happens to be the one that popped up for, for the first podcast kind of after a little bit of this mind right. shift. It's probably about the most abrasive for, you know, whatever. I wouldn't say controversial, but, you know, whatever that I've been. And, you know, if you're sitting there fuming through my whole my whole take on uh, the Roe v. Raid decision and, and abortion in general, um, fair enough. Like, we're, we're all we're different, right? We've all got different takes and experiences mm-hmm. and beliefs. I don't believe in your truth or my truth, right? I believe in your experience and my right. experience. Um, not, it doesn't make either one of those necessarily true. The truth uh, is out there. Hashtag X-Files. Um, but, uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, if you sat there yelling at your, I don't know, I was going to say your radio, but you're probably not listening on your radio. If this really ticked you off, know that, like, I don't hate you. I I don't think you're a bad person. I mean, you might be, but I don't just based think that just based on you not agreeing with me on this topic. It's just like we've got to start to get back to a place where it's okay to disagree on some things and still be able to communicate and still be able to interact yes. and still be able to to be yes. friends and and have relationship. And uh, mm-hmm. and some things are are, are deal breakers, um, you know, but. The, this is this in one of them. So, like, if this hacked you off, hey, I'll probably say something that hacks somebody else off at some point, too, and we can still agree on things like Elon being awesome and China being the worst uh, and Android worst. being dumb. Like, there's plenty for us to bond over. Um, yes. So, like, don't – nothing that I said was meant, like – this is this is my opinion and my take and my understanding on this thing. It's not meant to con- – uh, 
to condemn anyone who's who's listening like condemnation not not the goal at all uh nor mm-hmm. is is like hatred um you know it's just right. it's just not and i'm i'm open to to like hearing your take like hit me up on the mm-hmm. on the social or whatever keep it civil you know what whatever but um that's i don't i don't know that's that's worth saying might be more stuff like this might be less i yeah. don't know i don't know we'll, we'll see, see. You know, I was in this process of, of tweaking some, and we're, we're getting, it's, it's been, it's been a minute already. We're getting close uh, to wrapping up I here, Becca. I do know exactly what yeah. I want you to save uh, for Patreon because we are pivoting back to okay. asking guests to, uh, okay. to stick around for a little, a little bonus content oh, okay, okay. Uh, every week. So I know okay. exactly uh, which thing I want you to save. It's your, it's your airport stuff. Uh, but we'll, we'll, so we'll, but we'll talk about it. Awesome. Um, but you know, I, you I, gotta I, get Patreon. You gotta listen to that. So, um, you know, but I looked at, like, I was kind of tweaking like the show description cause that's in a few places. It's on Patreon. Right. It's on, uh, you know, the podcast mm-hmm. services, there's a show description. So change some of that up and, you know, dropped the, the just barely, I didn't think there was a, like our name is tongue in cheek. Like solid seven is a self-deprecating joke in and of itself. I didn't feel like. Just barely, like, we didn't need the extra dig there and stuff like that. But, you know, just thinking about, I think I kind of added in the description something along the lines of, you know, like, we're not a show about any one thing. And I I said, I I tweaked that statement a little bit because I I like this, uh, the saying, and there's a whole spiel that goes along with it of, like, specialization is for insects. Right. Um, but it did. I was listening to, uh, I've been listening to Mike Rose podcast more. I was, and so of course I've been mentioning it on here more, but uh, Adam Carolla was on recently and I just, I, but I caught myself, I was okay. listening to what they were talking about. Um, you know, but Mike's kind of got this blue collar vibe just by the nature of, of the work he's done and, you know, uh, with dirty jobs and stuff like that. And Adam Carolla started out as a carpenter, you know, a tradesman, whatever. And so I'm sitting there thoroughly entertained by the conversation between these two guys. They're incredibly entertaining and accomplished. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we like to listen to these podcasts. We like to see these interviews with famous people and it's like, really, they're, they're just ordinary people. Right. They might mm-hmm. excel in something. Right. But they're by and large, mm-hmm. they're not particularly extraordinary. Right. But it's still entertaining. So I'm listening to that and I'm just listening to these guys who, if it wasn't for their fame, they're just like if you remove that, if you didn't know their background, and you're listening. It's a guy who's into mm-hmm. cars and carpentry and a guy who's, you know, had, mm-hmm. you know, into blue collar jobs and stuff like that. And I'm like, and this is still entertaining. And so it kind of came to me that's that statement from uh, the office because the office is life and Greg Daniels take on the show. And it's kind of what they ended with, with Pam of like there being beauty in ordinary things. And I kind of like that. I've always described, um, you know, the podcast is like, I, it's, it's friends at lunch, right? It's friends around a, a, a fire. It's why there's not, um, you know, a script. It's why it's not heavily edit, edited, right? It's because who doesn't like to get together with their friends and talk. And so it's to me, I'm like, right. there, there's no reason really why two people who we don't know or even know of, or three people, right. whoever to sit and listen to that, <coughs> can still be entertaining, right? Because there's, there's beauty in this ordinary thing, right? So, you know, maybe you're new to the podcast. You don't know who I am. You you know, there's no, like Becca's got some credentials where you should care about her opinion on some things. I don't have any real superlatives (laughs) to to speak of, right? Other than, than maybe a, you know, a decent Mm. IQ and a decent sense of humor. Uh, But it's like, I don't think that precludes us from providing entertainment and providing interest right and so it's kind of liked that it's not so much a paradigm shift i think it just kind of refined 
the way I think about my mm -hmm. the podcast in my head and why I think this kind of yeah. format is interesting and why it's compelling uh, to me and why I mm -hmm. think people will <coughs> enjoy it. So there's yeah, I love that, there's that. I love but it. hey, we're uh, we're we're out of time here. We can, we gotta wrap it up because uh, I got a little bit of a hard deadline here where we need to get Patreon. And but thank you, of course, for uh, returning yes. to the podcast here. First first show. You're out of the gate without our uh, our buddy Josh and uh, appreciate it. Okay, sure, Josh, the listeners appreciate you coming back too, as always. Thanks. And thanks uh, for having me. Thanks for having so, me. if listeners, if you haven't already, please, please, please click like, subscribe, follow whatever your podcast app mm -hmm. of choice allows you to do. Ratings, reviews, all those things help other people uh, to discover us. So please do that if you haven't already. Stop by the uh, the website solid7podcast.com. It's uh, solid the number seven. Don't spell that out. Solid the number seven podcast.com. Links to the latest episodes are always right there. You can also find links to any upcoming events that we're inviting people out to, whether it's something we're participating in, like a GoRuck event or something that we're hosting. That stuff's mm -hmm. always right there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our affiliate links, um, all that kind of stuff is there. So links to GoRuck, links to uh, Origin Maine and, and Jocko Fuel. You can find all that. And uh, we just come across all kinds of good causes to support, and we normally throw some links up there for that stuff too. You can find our social media there and... And you can find the link to Patreon there where you can become a supporter. And yes. uh, there's a couple different levels. You can uh, join us for $5 a month, uh, in which case you get bonus content. Most weeks, typically, typically every week, you'll get bonus content. Or you can do mm -hmm. the $10 level where you will get bonus content, but you will also get a better than average coffee mug, mug from which you can consume any beverage of your choice. Doesn't have to be coffee. Could be Jocko Go. I'd prefer that you didn't use it for tea, mm -hmm. but it's your mug. You can it's your do what you want uh, with it. Okay. So join us and you get um, some, some good stuff there in that bonus content. So like right now, uh, it turns out Becca, who is quite the world traveler, has has some strong beliefs about airport rules, the way people should behave, I conduct do. them things, do's and don'ts, yes. maybe some traveler tips, and we're gonna save all of them for the Patreon. Okay, so let's do it. you know, if you if you want Becca to improve your flying experience, you you gotta join us over on Patreon. So you gotta subscribe. You but, gotta do it. Well, Becca, thank you. We love you as always, listeners. Thanks we love you too. Me. And uh, we'll see you next week with a big, big guest. Big, big guest. Huge. Huge. I'm not overselling it. It's, it's a big deal next week. So we love you. Awesome. We're out. Mm -hmm.